Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Lock and Key Unlocked, a podcast about Lock and Key on Netflix and the books by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about the season two premiere of Lock and Key on Netflix, appropriately titled The Premiere, the first Uh, episode. You see how they did that? Mm -hmm. They really worked that out very nicely. Yeah, it's very good. And with this, it's unlocked. We've unlocked all of this. It's all unlocked for us, for you. So word of warning here, we're going to kind of broad strokes talk about our feelings on the kickoff of season two here. We're going to talk about some big plot points in the episode. So go and stream it on Netflix right now. Go and watch it. Uh, it's all live. You're probably ahead of us at this point. You're probably speed watching it before you even came to the podcast. Whoa, but uh, regardless, before... Uh, so uh, the recap, the very broad strokes here, very short, is we get reintroduced to the world of Matheson, Massachusetts. We get reintroduced to the Lock Kids. They're several months down the road of the events of last season, with uh, which let them think they dealt with Dodge, But in fact, the opposite happened. They ended up throwing their gym teacher, Ellie, through the black door. Dodge escaped in the form of Gabe, who is dating Kinsey. And not only that, Eden also got infected with a demon from the black door, unbeknownst to them. So the two of them are working together. Meanwhile, Tyler is dating Jackie. They're very happy there. And Bodhi is doing his Bodhi thing, as usual. Nina, meanwhile, and we get a nice reminder of this throughout the episode, but can't remember any of the magic or anything that happened because adults cannot do that. Uh, Something that actually ties into Jackie's storyline that we'll get to in a moment. But, uh, yeah, and the last thing is Scott, our resident filmmaker in Matheson, got kind of jilted by Kinsey as she started to date and choose Gabe here towards Kind of jilted, Alex? Very jilted. Very jilted. Very jilted. The most jilted. Heartbroken. Yes. You know, it's it's a lot to go through, you know. And the other thing that we should just recap really quickly is back in the 1700s, there was this thing called the Revolutionary War, which yeah, was a fight between England and America. Basically, fight. there was uh, a bunch of tea that got spilled, there not the go. gossipy kind. And then they had a big fight about gossipy. it. And ultimately, America won, bitches. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Whoa. There okay. you go. go. Go watch Hamilton. I don't oh. know. Figure it out. We're not. We're not a Hamilton podcast. Alex, maybe open a book. How about open a book for a change? I you know. No, watch Hamilton Mis- on Disney Plus. Mister like- Content, Mister Content over here. <laughs> Books were the listen- original television. Did you just like listen to one of your kids recap a report card or or, or something? Uh, yeah. I just- yeah, I listened to one of my kids recap a report card. They were like A A B plus C F <laughs> because a- you're. Oh, your, shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> recollection, uh, uh, you know. Of the Revolutionary War? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. So let's, we're going to talk about okay. the big modes of the episode because lots of things happen here and we definitely should talk about that big, wild beginning scene. But 
First of all, getting back into it, getting back into the show. Obviously, we're huge fans of the comics. Really enjoyed the first season of the show as well. But what did you think about this first uh, episode? Is the magic still there, Pete? Oh, I, I think so. This did a great job of getting you excited for more, kind of getting you back into the swing of things. Who's where? Who's dating who? Like, what's going on? All the hot goss. All the spilling of the tea. All the spilled revolutionary tea. Yep. Um, tea is important for a lot of people, it turns out. Uh, yeah, I thought... I, I was very excited um, throughout this episode. I even loved the moment where, you know... Uh, the two characters were like, hey, you coming to the premiere? And they just kind of slowly cheated out to camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get it? Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio pops up, does the pointing meme thing. Yeah, exactly. I can't believe they great. got him. Yeah, Sweet. good for him. Hey, yeah. he's on Netflix. He's doing that Netflix movie with Adam McKay. So it's probably just like one day on set, you know? What about you, Justin? What was your take on this? How'd you feel about this first episode? I thought it was really good. I think this show does a great job of sort of filling you in on what's going on um, without it being super expositional. Uh, It's just, hey, catch up. Here's all the relationships. This show also does a good job of making me stressed when it comes to look how happy everyone is. And you just feel the potential um, dark darkness creeping in at the borders. Um, And especially, I think, uh, Nina's position feels the most like ah something's the fact that she twice in this episode is everyone's outwardly doing working with the keys doing magic in front of her and both times she's sort of like is in this sort of gaslit fog I feel like that's going to be something something's going to change there I agree with you guys I really thought this was a very strong premiere here and like you were saying Justin there's this thing we talk about with comic books all the time that back in the day they used to sneak these exposition things, these ways, these cues of letting you know who the characters are and what the situations are into the book. That's kind of been foregone as things are aiming more towards uh, graphic novels, collections, etc. But they do that so well in this episode, uh, getting you caught up without doing a recap, without doing an info dump, letting you know where all of the characters are, which I was very impressed by. And the other thing that's very exciting about this is something that we speculated a bit about both on our preview podcast for this and also, I think, even way back in the season one finale. But it really feels like we're in uncharted territory here for Lock and Key. We obviously yeah. know the comic books really, really well, but we're seeing stuff here that we've never seen before and situations that we've never seen yeah. before. And that's neat. It's exciting because it, it still feels it's like it feels like the, uh, you know, the story that we know and love, but kind of with a different take on it. Also, I wanted to see the full movie of the splattering looked, mm-hmm. looked like a lot of fun, you know, release, release it online. Yeah. It's Netflix. It's a streaming service. You can do whatever you want. There's no rules. Just right. Wow, Alex, really talking about it like you're inside the Netflix compound, talking about Leo Dio working there. What are you? Have you been Netflixed? I um, actually have. Reed Hastings, the head of Netflix, is right here on the podcast. Hello, glad to be here, guys. Oh, that's right. He's always underwater when he talks. <laughs> I'm stuck in a red envelope. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
He's still pushing the DVD mailing stuff. He right? is. Remember Did you know smart. they still have that, actually? They still do DVD yes. mailers? That's no, why. I was driving uh, this summer upstate in upstate New York, and I passed a guy putting a, a Netflix DVD in his mailbox. I was <laughs> no. like, holy shit, click, 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 click. <laughs> you swerved and hit him, right? <laughs> yes. I, well, I, not a, it wasn't an accident. Excuse me, yeah, sir. I was like, this man clearly died 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah out of the way. But it was a ghost, 100%. Yeah, I was, was going to say, right you should have checked, because, excuse me, sir, what year do you think this is? Yeah. Well, let's kick it off talking about the past stuff, because this is something that shows up in the main Lock and Key series and is explored a lot in the Golden Age books that sure. take side to the series, not side to the series, but um, go back in time to show different aspects of the Lock and Key universe that don't specifically follow, focus on the Key kids. I thought this was a great, interesting way of kicking off the season that I was completely surprised by. Yeah, I agree. It was really cool. It got us... Uh, you know, sort of put us in an unsettled place. Who are these people? What are they doing? We have to remember the Redcoats were yeah, the British. The Redcoats, mm-hmm. yeah. We're, bad, we're not, bad guys. Yeah. They're the bad guys. Even though that uh, actor who I recognized from a ton of things was a Redcoat, you know, I had to root against him. Yeah. I, in, in the interest of full honesty, I saw that and I was like, oh, it's the revolutionaries. And then I caught myself when they were fighting the other guys. And I was like, nope. That's yeah, pretty uh, straight up. I did too. I was like, "Ooh, look, revolutionaries! Wait, they're the bad ones." <laughs> yeah. um, great. We're all all our brains are being pickled by. <laughs> That's our lives. One hundred percent. What did you think of one thing we get to see here that I thought was really fascinating potentially for going forward? It's something we don't really see in the books as well. Is when that last red coat gets hit by one of the magic bullets by one of the demons for the black door. He gets a demon face, like he gets sharp yeah. fangs and veiny stuff. What do you think about that effect and potentially what it means for Gabe and Eden? Uh, I, I wondered, it definitely opens some questions where I'm like, is that the demon's choice? Was it just an earlier iteration where they hadn't been in humans as much? So they were like, I should be a demon. And then the God of the was like, everyone knows I'm a demon. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was like, they've gotten smarter since then or... Or something, but it was a cool moment in the show and a great. Yeah, to uh, key to up. answer your question though, Alex, I feel like it was really a cool effect, and I thought it, w- it worked really well. And I was, I got real excited at the end by that kind of reveal of the key because I was hoping that monster on the key would kind of match up to that kind of first monster we saw, but not, mm. not really the case. Mm. No, I think at the end that's the Bowser key. It unlocks yeah, Bowser from the Super yeah. Mario games, so that's gonna be yeah. a, that's gonna be a fun twist. That's gonna be so Who's doing scary. his voice? Is it Jack Black is doing his voice in the movie? So, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of early Jack Black shabadoos. Yes. I think, just to throw something out there and then we can move on from the scene, the demon teeth, I would venture a guess, are actually just regular teeth because it's the 1700s and most of them didn't brush their teeth at that point. So that was was just the guy's regular teeth that he was showing. Mm. I See, I think they brushed their teeth so much that it ground them down into little white, (laughs) little point, little stalactites, stalagmites on the top and bottom of your mouth. It does also, mind you, point to a slight but significant difference between the way the TV show treats the Black Door and the way the comic books treat the Black Door. The comic books, it's Lovecraft, Massachusetts, so it was much more H.P. Lovecraft, otherworldly, Cthulhu-type thing going on. Never called them demons in that book or anything like that. Here, I think they are going the other direction. Obviously, they changed to Matheson because Lovecraft has not aged well in terms of everybody's opinion of him. Uh, but I think they are going for something a little more monstrous, a little more demonic with the look and the feel of the Whispering Iron. 
Yeah, and we get to see the iron sort of take the forefront here, um, both in this opening credit sequence, and then we jump right into Gabe and Eden um, at the Black Gate as well, uh, looking for some iron, and then that builds to, as Pete said, some real uh, smelting happening yeah. here. Uh, everyone's favorite uh, skill. Well, now, we get fun... to see them, not to interrupt you, Pete, we get to see them smelt it, but do you think they dealt it? Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> well, in this, was... this season, they will be dealing it. Oh, okay. Oh, They'll be dealing with it. They'll be but... dealting it with it later on in this season. Exactly. If we could please move on. So, Absolutely yeah, I, I think the the idea of like showing us this old-timey kind of war and then being like... Um, they're kind of doing old-timey blacksmithing uh, with this episode, so there was a fun kind of thread of that throughout. Um, I'm just, you know, Justin talks about stressed, and the mom is just uh, stressing me out so much, and we'll get into it more, but I'm just so worried about the mom and why nobody's talking to her, and, and maybe, you know, after, you know, nobody noticed the creepy popcorn guy was gone. I mean, like I was hitting on everybody. Well, 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 let's get to that in a little bit, maybe. Uh, but I do think what you're speaking to, Pete, is how casual um, the Locke family is with all the keys, which I thought was uh, really smart, and it just shows how they are both in a better position than they were uh, last season and a much worse position. Uh, uh, we see uh, Tyler and Kinsey just, like, in passing keys back and forth. Kinsey has a whole world built up in her head that um, she is very comfortable in. Uh, Bodie's just like using the Hercules key, uh, lifting yeah. stuff around, doing it in front of his mom because clearly it's happened so many times that he knows it's not a danger. Uh, well, that said, I feel I felt so awful for Nina in that moment yes. because the way they do the effect, it's like her brain is breaking. So yeah, I know just... as a kid, Bodie's age, you don't necessarily realize that necessarily, maybe on some level, but you're like, no, I'm just using this. Ah, eh, she's going to forget the magic. But it seems so hurtful for Nina. It's awful to watch. Yeah, yeah and it's good. Yeah, it's just absolutely heartbreaking because, like, you see her kind of like reset and then kind of go back into this kind of like, hey, don't forget this, don't forget this. And it was just such a heartbreaking thing. And we kind of get it like from Bodhi's perspective. So, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, I just, it's, it's, there's a lot of really well done little things here that are kind of paying off. Even this whole thing about them being kids and casual with the keys, you know, but the one person who's already showing signs of being a grown up, she's organized. She understands the importance of things. And like, so it's, it's such a cool kind of like thing that we're seeing happen in front of us. Well, and that big difference between in the comics when um, when Nina can't see the magic, it's not as emotional for us, the yeah, reader. Yeah. And then, than it is here as a viewer, you really feel sorry for her because she can't keep the thoughts in her head. And uh, to your point, Alex, it is weird that Bodhi still is so comfortable with it. But I think he's like, there's no consequence to this. Mom just mm -hmm. goes back to being normal right afterward. Um, but I think maybe, because uh, Pete, you mentioned um, Jackie, uh, there's this great scene later on when, um, yeah. when Tyler uses the flame key to light the fire and she can't see it. Really. I mean, she doesn't matchstick key, right? Yeah. Match, matchstick key, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and she, she, Tyler's talking about the key. She doesn't know what he's talking about. And then he's like, you just saw me use it. And she's like, uh, yeah, she sort of comes out of it. But you see sort of the flickering of her growing up. And then at the end of the episode, we get the moment where um, Tyler brings to Kinsey heartbroken. And he, Kinsey's like, we're going we're gonna to solve this. And so maybe there's a way that Nina gets welcomed into the mm -hmm. magic side of the show over the course of the season. 
I did also. Think... Oh, I, I was just going to say on the Jackie note, I think it's an interesting choice here that does clearly lead to a plot line going forward and some, like you talked about, some great scenes with Jackie and Tyler. But the idea that it isn't an all at once thing is a little bit of a weird choice to me. Uh, I, I like under... it. You like it? Yeah. Okay. Just like growing up, I feel like sure. you don't realize you grew up until you look back. In the moment, it happens and sort of fits and starts. And I think the threat of Jackie losing it is you know, sad for Tyler, but it's really him losing it. He says, mm-hmm. I'm going to be 18 in three months, I think he said. I, again, like you're saying, I think it's a choice that they made where they almost treat it like teen dementia in a certain way where it's just you're forgetting these things a little bit at a time but i always think about it as magic rules so it'd be stroke of midnight on your 18th birthday that's when you completely forget everything so again they're going for this choice it was a little bit of a weird one for me but clearly it worked for you i like it better because i think it maps better with what it's like to sort of lose magic as a kid when you're Mm -hmm. like Oh, yeah. you don't believe in fairies or Santa Claus or whatever. It happens sort of over time, and then eventually you're like, yeah, no, I don't believe in any of that anymore. For me, it yeah. happened at the stroke of midnight on my 18th birthday. When Weird. did it happen for you guys? No, but I also like the fact that it was like this thing of like everybody changes differently. You know, people grow up uh, at different times. Certain things can kind of like really kind of make somebody grow up faster than others. So I, I do like this kind of like – fluidity or or the way that they're kind of it happens differently with different people so i think it's very interesting kind of thing that is underneath all of this terror and it's just a little frustrating though that like after a family goes through all this madness that there isn't kind of things in place i mean bodhi is the voice of reason that like hey guys we can't just be calm and cash We've got to start planning because, like, shit's coming. Like, we can't just, There's a like, giant rat skull here. We got to get ready. Yeah. Guys, like, let's be ready for shit. And I'm, it's interesting because the youngest one is being the smartest, you know? What is the giant rat skull, lads? I think I, a rat, they kind of, like, made somebody giant with one of the keys or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was a rat. And then, you know, somebody. Maybe it's a prehistoric rat. Ooh. Right. And totally unrelated to the keys in any way. Yeah, they just somebody found it and was like, just oh, this is cool. Yeah, I was like, this is cool. Put it up there. Uh, what was I? Oh, I, on the Bodie Kinsey Tyler front, I do, I understand what you're saying, Pete, but I do actually like this position. It's almost a reset for them in a certain way. This is what they were like at the beginning when Bodie was saying, hey, there's these magical keys. They do all these things. And Tyler and Kinsey were like, yeah, whatever. We don't care. Leave us alone, little kid. So they they think they've won. They think they've beaten Dodge. They have no reason to think that they didn't have this epic victory at the end of the first season. Bodie is the one that is still a kid and he still wants to explore this magic and he still wants to find out that stuff. So... I don't think they're back to ground zero at this point, but I do think it makes sense to me that it is still Bodhi, the one who is pushing all of this stuff forward. And well, speaking I think he... of pushing, like, why didn't anybody tell Bodhi that, like, sometimes you put the legs of a couch once it's inside a room if it mm-hmm. can't fucking fit through the door? I mean, that well, mom's just letting them just, you know, throw furniture around, not tell them how furniture works. That's a skill that you get, you lose, when you turn 18, you lose magic, but you learn how to move stuff through yeah. different yeah. rooms. I hired Bodhi, actually. I haven't talked about this on the podcast before, but I hired Bodhi when I moved apartments back last year. And he wrecked the shit out of this place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. All, I demanded a refund. 
Wow, he did not give me one. Yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah. He was terrified of your keys as well. <laughs> uh, the I love the moment when they're all together um, having that conversation about the rat skull. And I think, to your point, Alex, Bodhi says something that I, I think is the, maybe the sort of key really ca- capture yep i uh, try not to not use the word key uh, it really captures the moment uh it, that they're dealing with we think we know everything but there's so much more we don't know and i think he he gets that because he was the first to sort of sniff out dodge from the jump and he was the most scared by it as he says later um when his, i think nina's like hey that's pretty scary right he's like i've seen I've worse, seen worse. Yeah, yeah lady i've <laughs> dealt with some pretty fucked up stuff yeah uh to walk through well let's talk through a couple of plot lines here and just our impressions of them uh, again totally original not in the comic books at all gabe and eden how are we feeling about this in toto these characters working together now two villains on the show not good not good <laughs> oh you don't think it's good for the lock yeah, kids yeah yeah right. just uh, it's I'm, your opinion it's, it's scaring me Here's the thing. I do think it's good uh, because they're super scary at the top of this episode working together. They kill those uh, like Coast Guard guys or, or whatever. Yeah. Cave Rangers. Yeah. Cave Rangers. Hey, you kids. This place floods. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's flooding. <laughs> We're all in danger. We have security jackets on and flashlights. Um, but uh, they seem very uh, – and throughout the episode, they go – they take that guy's house to use as their um, – uh, smelting and delting area, uh, and uh, but then we get Don't this moment where back. where they're not getting along. Eden doesn't have the Eden's like, hey, um, got Gabe slash Dodge. Why are you so close with Kinsey? It feels like it's going to be a problem. Gabe does not like that. Then that that puts a little wedge between them. Eden goes and uh, kills a dude in the very in public. And they almost get caught. They do get caught by Nina. Um, Gabe also knows that the magic doesn't work with her. So I think they're going to be um, split and actually make it harder for um, the demonic plans to come to fruition. Let's hope so. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff that's very interesting going on with these two characters, not least of which that Gabe seems to actually have feelings for Kinsey. Like there's a moment... Where he's clearly seeing what's happening with Scott and he's getting annoyed about it. But at the same time, we reestablish the fact that he's an echo. He's essentially a ghost of Dodge, of Lucas Caravaggio, excuse me, from back in the day, and doesn't exist in the same way that Eden does, who is a human body taken over one by these demons. There's also a hierarchy established here very clearly when Gabe turns back into Dodge very briefly, and we see how terrified Eden is specifically of Dodge, not in the way that she is necessarily of Gabe. So again, there's a lot of complex, interesting things going on in this relationship that I liked quite a bit. And I thought almost, not completely, but almost lopsided the episode a little bit because there was so much interesting stuff going on with him and so many complicated character dynamics that everybody else is having just a pleasant good time living in the lock you know the key house uh just sort of chilling out there uh that it pulled focus a little bit in the episode yeah uh but i like that i like that Mm -hmm. split focus because the end of the season of season one was like hey watch out these characters are going to be a big deal and it's like they should be a big deal they're scary Mm -hmm. and they that's where the stuff's like the locks don't know shit about what's going on (laughs) so we got to follow the people that are making moves i also Uh, thought did you guys think that gabe 
grew more evil, like the actor looks more evil than he yeah. did last season, mm-hmm. yeah, which I definitely. think is, I don't know if that's a purposeful choice or how, but I'm like, oh, this guy's less twerpy and more like evil. Yeah, yeah it, I think it's definitely uh, something that they're kind of leaning into, which is cool. You know, it really uh, makes a big difference from the kind of person that we know from the first season. So uh, it's it's a cool part. But, uh, you know, you, you brought up kind of like big deals for the season. I'm surprised we haven't talked about it. You know, they they kind of teased us with a brand new character that's coming. Uh, Gracie, who I cannot wait to spend I more time with. This. this is very exciting. Pontiac GTO, and uh, we're going to get to learn about cars and work on it. This is going to be exciting. Man. Character is a strong word to describe a vehicle. Hey, you, they're not even going to drive, maybe. You respect Gracie, all right? Don't you backtalk her. Gracie. Well, this is something we should talk about. It comes directly from the comics is Duncan eventually gets a talking car and the series takes a turn about halfway through where it becomes less about Keyhouse and more about them driving around the country solving mysteries. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Um, It's good stuff, though. It's really emotional. Lock and car. (laughs) Going to be fun. Cars Uh, also take keys famously. Yeah. They finally get the the hardest key of all uh, to operate is the the key to your vehicle. I did also like the choice, though, more seriously, to bring Duncan into the fold and literally have him move into Key House. I think that brings him into the show in a big way rather than every episode being like, hey, I'm here just for the weekend. Well, gone now. Oh, now I'm back. You know, so that figures out. Hey, I'm getting married. All right. See you later. Uh, Go ahead, Justin. Oh, I was going to say one little um, nod, and this is something that we as comic readers know. And I hope they do, the line that Duncan has um, when they're in the movie theater. He says, oh, your father did theater in high school. Yeah. And there's this great uh, photograph uh, from the comics, and then eventually we see that sort of whole scene play out of the, um, the, the, the previous generation of key users and how they use it in their high school theater production. Of and the I'm Tempest, hoping- right? Yeah, and Tempest, Tempest. Um, yeah. Shakespeare's Tempest, and I'm hoping we're going to get to see. Well, oh, thank you for specifying that it was Shakespeare's Tempest. Probably. There are uh, other Tempests. What we want to okay. hear? Read. You think they're doing Pete's Tempest? <laughs> I've read. I've read Pete's Tempest. Uh, come on, it's real heady. Uh, I it's just about a like... temp, a temp in an office <laughs> who is like the most temp, the Tempest. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, uh, but. Uh, speaking of that, that's what I thought when I saw the title, the premiere, I immediately thought of the mm-hmm. uh, Tempest production and I thought maybe, uh, but then I was like, oh no, the splattering. Uh, which no, was it's the splattering. But uh, I thought maybe because we got a flashback of, you know, the 1700s there, that maybe we'd also get a flashback of that premiere. But um, uh, yeah, very, very, you know, if they bring that in from the comics, that was such a legendary panel. Uh, that kind of foreshadowed so many things to come. It'll be interesting to see if that is something they use. Yeah, I did like the fact that everybody in town came out for this big premiere, despite the, I assume, tourist couple kind of slamming it earlier on, thinking it was for yeah. a new lobster restaurant. But what's you his had... name? The the friend of theirs. I thought that theirs, was a funny bit. Yeah, the friend of theirs who is clearly 45 years old. I'm forgetting his name. The one who's uh... arranging everything. Doug? Doug, yes. Doug did a really good job. Yeah, yeah, Doug did a really good job setting everything up, uh, which, of course, he's a full-grown adult, so obviously oh, on, there's a lot dude. of connections. You're wow. after Doug. Doug. No, I like Doug. I like Doug. Doug's great, and he got like a big round of applause in the movie and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was cool. 
Yeah, but the whole town came out with her. They got a red carpet premiere. That was very fun. I definitely want one of those claws. Those oh, I want claws. one of those foam claws mm-hmm. for sure. How about that time, a moment where uh, uh, Brody was like, hey, you're my favorite monster. And I was like, oh, God, that couldn't be more on the nose than you. Was that right before the fist bump? Yeah. Yes, yeah. and the line that was the most scary part of that whole exchange, you have to kill me in the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> we'll definitely do that. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I thought that was really nice writing for that moment. Yes. Um, I, I don't know about you, but like when there was that moment in the movie theater where like the soda got spilled and then it was like, who's going to go uh, Brody or the mom? I was disappointed that it was the mom because I was like, if Brody goes. Bodie. 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 Sorry. Uh, Bodie Tom goes. Brady, Tom Brady, yeah. and yeah. Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah, the goat. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. So, anyways, I think it was one of those things where I wanted the kid to go because he would retain the information. He would not hold on to it or forget about it. Like he would constantly bring it up because, like, we got to get, we got to know who's bad and who's good early on here if we're going to survive this season. But Gabe and Eden may have tried to kill Bodie right then if he had gone mm-hmm. yeah but i'm so, hoping maybe he's got the hercules belt on you know what i mean and he can turn up. <laughs> thank hercules. you for pronouncing it hercules hercules interesting pronunciation um so the uh a couple other things about that whole um that whole scene how about that heel turn from carl the um the vendor at the at oh the my god he went he hard like, from complimenting nita and her being like, oh, that's very nice, to him being like, your ass looks nice in the jeans. <laughs> and he was like, oh, oh I can't say your ass is nice anymore. I was like, dude. Oh, kill that guy. <laughs> Calm down. Just let her buy her nachos. It was just funny to have a hot dogs. Have a character. Yeah, it's, it is a lot of hot dogs. No, it was I would question it was that. The perfect amount. Also, Three. why did he immediately jump to, are those all for you? Because there's no reason to think that. Like, Well, I think because no when you How hesitate. How many hot dogs do you order at a time? When you hesitate on your order, many. usually thirteen when he- tops. When you hesitate in your order, when you're like, uh, I guess I'll have. That means it's for you. Oh, okay. If you're yeah. like, I need three hot dogs, two sodas, and a popcorn. That's for someone else as well. Yeah. But if you're I, like, I have, um, I have a related question. About. I have a related question. How long is the splattering? Like, what's the running time of that movie? <laughs> like, because be we see the first quick. scene. Yeah. Then they spill the soda. Nina goes out there and movie's immediately over, like right after that point. Well, I think it's a short film. I yeah. think it's a four minute film. <laughs> Probably. There's that first I hope scene they release it because I'd love got. to see all of it. I would too. Me too. Perfect for festivals. Yes. Yeah. To walk back and not to walk through every plot point, but to just kind of look through what happened here because there are so many interesting one off scenes. I did want to bring up Kinsey's head at this point mm-hmm. is very different from how we saw it last season. We talked about this a little bit with the teaser trailer, um, but she is on a swan boat. There's a whole oh, lake in there. Man. I believe last season it was a mall. So it's changed exponentially. Uh, but not only that, she gets great phone reception in there and can scroll yeah. Instagram, which is very cool. That is cool. You know, I, you that's think, the future. Do you think you have bad reception in your head? I don't know. I don't know what kind of reception I have in my head. I've never been in like, my head. I figure it would be like the best reception. Oh, really? Uh, but I you think in the, I... In, in the Instagram in your head, can you like, they still have like likes in there and you can, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you can sort of, uh, you don't have to go through all the like pain in the ass of resizing and stuff. 
Oh man, that would be great. That would be great. That would be. Yeah, uh, and you I could change a photo. You could switch a photo if you want without deleting the whole post. Oh man, I really did love that Swan scene. The her just kind of in her happy place, you know, switching songs on the iPod and walking on water. I thought that was such a cool because we've seen Kinsey in some rough spots. So it's nice, to, at least at the start of the season, to see her kind of get a little bliss before all hell breaks loose. Plus, nice at the end of the episode with the Scott. She can't get Scott out of her oh, head. Literally. The Rocky, hey, Rocky Road, come on. That was beautiful. Well, let's cut into that then and talk about this love triangle going on here. Who do you prefer, Kinsey and Scott or Kinsey and Gabe? Come on. That's not even a question. I don't know. They're both, they're all cute together. I, I think come Gabe's on, got dude. a lot of initiative, and I think he's <laughs> going to go far. Scott! He's willing, he's willing to do anything. Yeah, I like Gabe. We, like you said, he's really gotten an upgrade this season. He looks cute in the lobster costume. I think it's going to work out. Nope. I think it's going to work um, out. Can we talk about Scott's big like sit down at the party where he was like, hey, I want to talk to you? And then we all got our hopes up that he was going to be like, hey, you know, it's kind of obvious, but I'm in love with you. Instead, he dropped. I think that's what he was doing anyway, right? He was doing a I'm leaving town forever, dot, 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 anything you want to say in return. Oh, you yeah. think that? And I think Kinsey, uh, in all honesty, I think Kinsey does want to say it in return. It's clear Kinsey likes Scott and feels yeah. more for Scott than she feels for Gabe at this point. When you Gabe would reveals... hope so. Yes, you'd hope so. But also, like when Gabe says that he quit the ice cream shop, she's clearly upset and destroyed by this. Yeah. So I think she looks forward to seeing him. And when Gabe kisses her, it's gross. It's so yeah. gross. Ugh. Kissing in general, so- pretty gross. I've never done it, but I've seen a lot of other people do it on TV and otherwise, and no thanks, not for kissing me. a general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the general. That's how you get car insurance. You see, you're the general, the tiny animated insurance salesperson. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. You see a lot of people kissing the general. A lot of tongue. Those commercials with Shaq and the general, where they're just tongue kissing the yeah, whole time. That's crazy. It, it There's got to be a better way of getting insurance. It that's makes me want to buy insurance though. Every time oh, I really? back out, yeah. I yeah. did switch to the general after Shaq fully <laughs> French, fully necked with the general. His yeah. helmet fell off. Yeah, it was, it was intense. It was intense. Um, Shaq said he's never loved before. <laughs> uh, I did. I was very excited for a second when Scott was like, I'm going to Rochester, and then dot, 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 England. I was mm. like, oh, come on, man. So <laughs> come on, close. could have gotten a garbage, garbage plate, plate, man. Baby. Come on, go to the Lilac Festival. It'll be fun. For those of you who don't know Pete LePage, uh, the person who was just speaking, he is from Rochester, New York, not known as a film hub. Uh, it should. <laughs> it the- kind of is, man. Uh, you, there's a lot of great films coming out of there. Also, Home of Kodak, which made Kodak films. So film. Go, go mm. fuck yourself with the no films. That's a, those are blank. Or... Kodak film is notably blank. That's not. <laughs> they're not. They're not turning out films. Uh, as we're continuing walking in here, uh, we get a brief scene with Daniel, the cop from last season, bringing in an enormous oh. sack of tomatoes over Fresh to tomatoes. Tomatoes. So many tomatoes. Too That's many impressive. tomatoes. Yo, and how about those chonky ass carrots? There? Oh my god, those were huge! I, I thought like, I was the only one that noticed that. 
I was like, expect. what are you making here? You can't, those are not maybe dippable. Got some carrot keys or some tomato yeah. keys. Yeah, maybe she's slicing them into rounds and then using them as bread for the tomatoes or something like that. Oh they, she could, those were basically Crocs. She could put her feet in some of those carrots. <laughs> Can we talk about the, Cut like, smaller, F- Nina? We are, Pete, I know what you're about to say. And yes, we're already talking about the carrots and tomatoes. Go ahead. Are you listening? We're talking about how <laughs> chonky those carrots were, dude. Every time there was like a knock at the door or somebody rang the doorbell, I was just like, oh, God, don't get it. Oh, God, no. <laughs> like the tension in this show, even though the characters are happy. Have you ever opened your door in real life? <laughs> no. Yeah, you've got to try it. There's a yeah. lot of mail stacked up outside of your door. <laughs> I wouldn't know. It's off in the mailman. When are we going to get into the lock side of stuff in this um, show? Like, obviously, everyone's making new keys. Who's making new locks? Oh, good question. And how do you make them? I want to find out. Much harder to just throw together a lock. I guess. <laughs> so, but we do find out in that scene that Ellie, this is, lets us know that it's been three months, uh, that eventually they're going to have to give up on Ellie after five years, but it's already probably too late. That's also where we get info that Rufus is in Rufus. Nebraska. And he's doing well. So it was nice to get a brief mention of him um oh we didn't talk about brian in the scene with duncan this is a character who shows up in the comics very different here in the comics he is like this very squat angry looking balding man Uh, here he's very handsome so Mm -hmm. different there but i like this character and i know we're probably not going to see him as he's leaving for japan for the rest of the season (laughs) literally he's like great to meet you i'm off to japan i'm gonna be back in a long time (laughs) Yes, after whatever goes down this season goes down, I'll come back for the end of that. See you guys yeah, then. For the wedding. Yeah, yes. he's going to come back for the wedding. That is an ominous teaser, right? Do you think everything is going to go down at any end of season wedding at this point? Um, I, I depend, I'm curious how much Duncan's going to be a, a driver of the action. We don't get a lot of him. He sort of says a couple things that maybe sort of stir in the pot, but and he will be living there. But if he becomes sort of a central focus, like working on Gracie is a part of the comics, the car. Damn I'm about, right. Of um, so maybe that will become a thing and we will get to hear more from Brian. Well, the other thing we get a tease of here that they kind of slip in is Duncan's memory issues because we found out yeah, last that season. that was like a heartbreaking line. You're like, yeah, it's a real mental block when it comes to this place. You think? Yeah, all of his memories are in jars and a bag, I believe, yeah. at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's potentially something they can bring up. We also meet Abby, a new student at Matheson. She composed the music. She is Super gay fan. and not into Scott. Um, but she seems like a fun addition. That's nice. Well, I'm curious what her role is here. For when I first saw her, I was like, ooh, maybe because we had just seen the scene before reestablishing yeah, the I rules of the identity key. Yeah. I thought Eden had created person. an identity. Yeah, me too. Uh, but that's clearly not the case because Eden was at the movie theater alongside her. Right. Um, but uh, that was, and I also liked reestablishing the rule that you can't take the keys from the locks, mm-hmm. uh, which was good and important to know. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about Abby, though, that's a little weird to me is we already have a lot of characters in the Savinis, including Zadie, played by Asha Bromfield, who we know also from over on Riverdale. And she barely yeah. does anything in this episode. I think she has like two lines or something like that. So packing more characters in there definitely makes me feel like, hey, we we got a couple we're not doing anything with. Bring them in. Have them do more things. Or 100%. are they bringing in more characters because there's going to be more murders? Oh, there that is a definite possibility. 
I think that's probably thought. correct, Pete. But when Zadie spoke and was like, hey, should we talk about the keys? I was like, how do you know about the keys? Yeah. And I was like, oh, right. Oh, right. They all do. But I, that's how I was like, I forgot about that whole. The keys are pretty public. Mm. Someone has spilled the, the key tea. Speaking of spilling things, Pete, I had a question for you here. We are sure. introduced to a new drink sensation in this episode oh. called the splattering, which is OJ, Hawaiian punch, and three types of schnapps, which mm -hmm. seems like exactly the sort of thing you would make. Mm -hmm. What was your take on it? How do you well, feel about that recipe? I, I feel good about the recipe as long as it's not too much OJ. You know what I mean? Like you mm -hmm. want to get it yeah. in for maybe that color. That stuff will kill you. <laughs> uh, uh, but like you, if you do too much OJ, that's not good because you got to drink a lot of the uh, splattering there. Um, well, let I me ask you though, real quick before we move on, before you move on, Pete, um, can you finish the recipe for us? They name three different schnapps. We don't know what they actually would be. Um, can you uh, give us sort of the the correct schnapps to use in this uh, high school cocktail poison that uh, I'm <laughs> well, sure everyone out there. That's the thing. I mean, I would hope they put a little peach schnapps in there. I mean, that's uh, personally yeah, that's the a, a obvious favorite. one. Go yeah, on. yep. yeah. But the, you've got to get it to color red, right? So how do we get the, you know, what's the schnapps combination to make red? Isn't know? that the Hawaiian Punch's job? Well, yeah, hopefully there's yeah. a lot of Hawaiian punch. And, <laughs> definitely but you have orange that juice word in. because I wasn't sure it was the right one. Uh, <laughs> All yeah. right, Hawaiian punch, go do your job. <laughs> Listen, Blurp. Hawaiian punch, we'll put you in there, but you got to punch it up. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, that I would just say uh, peach is my favorite. Uh, you can't, you know, schnapps are fun. Mix them up. Uh, nice, great advice. From, what what um, is the future? Who future knows? Dangerous father uh, figure. Um, I think the correct answer is whichever schnapps your parents have left in the back mm -hmm. of their liquor. Yeah, cabinet. exactly. Absolutely. But it's probably peach, raspberry, and vanilla. Unfortunately. Oh, you oh, killed me with the vanilla. Gross. I feel like we probably need to make the splattering for this podcast at some point. Maybe for the last episode Ooh. to toast the finale of Lock and Key. How does that sound? The the splattering on the windshield was really nice. And I was like, okay, yeah. I can see where they got the title of this movie. This is yeah, you're avoiding the fact that we're going to make this cocktail, Pete. I'll, Pete I'll, drinks it every Oh, I'll week. make you a crazy cocktail. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. I'm not, I got co crazy cocktails for days. Mm. And last thing we should probably talk about, unless there are other moments you guys want to call out, is the Skull Key. I know I joked about it being the Bowser Key, and we speculated, Justin, you and I, on the preview podcast a little bit, but... What do you think is going on with this key? We don't find out in this episode. So what is your best take on what Gabe and Eden are trying to make at this point? It's a tough. Uh, I think we had speculated it just might be a full-on death key, murder mm -hmm. key, where mm -hmm. you can like literally turn someone off. Um, it's also it's, a knife. A knife works that way, too. It seems Stick like that in somebody they turn off. Well, it seems it's a to very me sociopathic like way of saying that, by the way. <laughs> It seems like a monster key mm -hmm. where it kind of like levels you up a little bit, turns you into this giant monster. Uh, another clue, we the we saw the skull and the skull key, and then we saw a giant rat skull. So maybe mm -hmm. there's something uh, there um, to, to talk about. There could also be, I, I mean, I don't remember, maybe we did speculate about this before, but what if it's something to bypass the black door so they don't have to keep going back there it's a way of getting these demons out of that dimension without having to oh. go down to the caves put them directly into people that would be cool interesting um yeah it's it's scary i mean that's what mm -hmm. i think this show does such a good job the keys are scary weapons and the fact that we're introduced to a new one and it has a scary 
design <laughs> is sort of like this could be anything and it's going to be a problem for whatever it is it's going to be about getting the locks back mm -hmm. getting revenge on the locks before we wrap up here let's talk about key moments in the episode justin let's go to you first what was the key moment in the episode for you um great uh question i mean for me it's the um the moment where there's a split between Eden and Gabe, where the our villains aren't as uh, perfectly aligned as we might have thought, uh, which is really cool. A key moment that I'd forgot about with this show um, is the crunching noise that accompanies. Oh, one of the God. Yeah, like, <laughs> so stop gross. doing that. Please. It is so gross. And I, I do appreciate it. Uh, yeah. It's very fun. Uh, I'll go next. I'll throw out the moment where Jackie starts to forget things, forgetting the matchstick mm, key in particular. That seems like a big thing, and clearly it's a motivator for Tyler and Kinsey to get back in the key game and stop being so chill about everything. So very interested to see that going forward. And like you talked about, I believe, Justin, pretty devastating emotional moment as well, well played by both of the actors. What about you, yes. Pete? What was your key moment in the episode? I had mentioned it, but I think the Hey Rocky Road moment where she can't get Scott out of her head is going to be something that uh, warmed to my heart and all the scary darkness so uh that's kind of my flame that i'm holding on to all right nice. there we i go. can't believe the the gracie erasure that you just put out there well shocking i did want to you know, kind of repeat shocking. myself i you know it it was a huge movie. you're nothing you can't... not keeping it fresh pete <laughs> pete you can't ever repeat yourself you're always just peating yourself <laughs> if you'd like to support this podcast patreon.com slash comic book club also we do a live show every tuesday night at 7 p.m to crowdcast on youtube coming out we would love to chat with you about lock and key itunes android spotify stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe listen and follow the show at lock and key pod on twitter instagram and facebook comic book club live dot com for this podcast and many more until next time keep it locked right here nice do you think we'll ever get too old and lose the magic of this podcast <laughs> what podcast oh no oh.